You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, mom. Anything's possible. Rainy days, jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we got to make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You could tell them other guys to go and plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays, raining Jays. Millie's. Welcome back! This is the Locked On Celtics Podcast And we want to thank you for making us part of your daily routine It's Wednesday Hump Day And we're going to get you through this You're almost there at the end of your week and we, the Rain and Jays, are going to get you through these last few work days. I am John Corrales. I'm a beat writer. I cover the Boston Celtics for MassLive.com. I am joined by another beat writer, Jay King, the kid from Philadelphia. He covers the team for The Athletic. Jay, how's it going? How's Philly? I'm Gucci, baby. Everything's Gucci out here. Always. Always. You're, you're never not Gucci. Whenever we talk, you're never not Gucci. Forever Gucci. <laughs> uh, we're going to have our uh, hot <laughs> Like You just said the exact I can't, same thing I can't to even me. keep a straight face when you I say that. You just said that to me, and for some reason it still made me laugh. Before we even started recording, you said it to me, and it's still funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jenny Ainge talked to the Herald talking about this team. We'll discuss that in a moment. Uh, Terry Rozier, when he was out in Los Angeles, joined Christine Leahy on the uh, show uh, something, whatever it's the hell it's called, uh, Fair Game. Fair Game is what it's called on Fox Sports 1. And uh, he, you know, was was okay. I'm well, glad it's such a popular show. It's a very popular show. It's, yep. yes. but So was, popular we didn't even know the name of it. I, I, I did. I just, you know, it, for me it's one of I've never heard of it, to be honest. Oh, awesome. Well, we'll talk about that anyway. Terry Rozier on the show. No offense. <laughs> Good show, but uh, yeah, seems right, awesome. <laughs> but we begin with some of our just stray thoughts on the Celtics' loss to the Nuggets as they move on to Philly, and the last few uh, games of this season, last few weeks, and the Celtics now a uh, half game out of the fourth seed after Indiana lost in Los Angeles to the Clippers. So Celtics within reach of a home court uh, advantage in the first round. But, Jay, we didn't talk to you after the Nuggets game. The big story, obviously, after that was the Nuggets' 11-0 run, the end of third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter run that just kind of decimated the Celtics. So let's start with this. Should Brad Stevens have called that timeout with one second left? Were you okay with that timeout? I didn't hate that timeout at all. When you call a timeout with 1.1 seconds left, let's 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 rewind it back like 30 seconds earlier, actually. Okay. Sure. So I think there were 32.4 seconds left. Brad subs in Kyrie for Aaron Baines. Yes. And goes super small. 
and they have Mook at center. And that was clearly like the all offense lineup. And they actually got a really good look. Jason Tatum misses a wide open three. You have to know coming back, you're at a disadvantage with Marcus Morris at center. Mm-hmm. And defensively, like that's not your best defensive lineup. They give up a three, 1.1 seconds left. So the first thing I think you can look at is the sub Kyrie for Baines. Should they have done that exact sub? I didn't hate it because they did get a wide open three. Tatum was open, like very open and just missed it. Mm -hmm. And like, you can't complain with what they got offensively, but then the nuggets come back and hit their three instead of miss it. Like the Celtics did. 1.1 1.1 seconds left. Stevens calls a timeout. I don't hate that either. They were going to lose a timeout anyway. Once the fourth quarter arrived, they, all you have to do, literally all you have to do in that situation is throw it in bounds. <laughs> if you throw it in bounds, someone touches it. Right. Like the only thing that could have killed them in that situation is what happened, which is Marcus Morris absolutely shanked a full court pass, like shanked it through like, it, like ten feet. Yeah, just shanked it, like it was the worst shank you've ever seen. Threw a curveball into the seventh row or whatever it was, and then on top of that, Jalen Brown just falls asleep on the inbounds pass, allows a wide open dunk. And it was just a disaster. Now, do I think that's on Brad? No. <laughs> like, 1.1 seconds left. Literally the only thing you have to do that that's pretty much a risk-free final possession is throw it inbounds. That's it. That's all you have to do. If someone touches it, the, the clock runs out. Or if the clock doesn't run out, there's like point four seconds left and the other team has to do a heave it's like and i i get why people got mad at brad because it was as atrocious of a last 30 seconds as you could get to a a court and especially as atrocious a 1.1 seconds as you can get but the odds of that happening and all of that happening were the the slimmest like the very freaking slimmest and to me, like, yes, it's ambitious to think you, you're going to score with 1.1 seconds left. But the alternative most of the time is, like, you you throw a full-court pass and someone touches it and then the quarter runs out and then that's it. And instead of – and we've seen the Celtics score in, in positions like that in the past. And to me, the odds were better that they were going to score rather than that, that they were going to give up a bucket, but they just – ended up giving up a bucket and so it, it it ended up badly but I didn't hate the timeout at all. I didn't I didn't hate the timeout either. I mean here's here's the brilliant thing that Brad Stevens did. Afterwards, he said I shouldn't have called the timeout and he he took the blame for all of that. And what nobody talked about was that Marcus Morris threw a ball that went 5 feet, 10 feet out of bounds and had zero chance of being caught. And it's exactly the point that you're saying. Like, when you, in the NBA, you call that timeout and you draw that play up 
you have to assume that an NBA player, and I said this last night in the podcast with Sam, you have to assume an NBA player will at least throw the ball in bounds, throw it down the middle of the court, whatever it is. So, And especially Marcus Morris is their inbounder guy, like full court inbounder. He's the guy they choose to go to because he was a high school quarterback and he has a good arm. And he just he just shanked it, man. It was. And look, sometimes that shit happens. So okay, so part one is I didn't hate the timeout. You didn't hate the timeout. People are shitting on Brad Stevens for this. I don't think that's a bad. I don't think it's a bad timeout because what's supposed to be the worst case scenario is, like you said, somebody touches it, the clock expires or whatever. Even if the clock doesn't expire, they're not going to get a shot off. But he screws up. So. Fine, he screws up. Not fine, but whatever. What The next thing that happens is Jalen Brown just completely blows the coverage, loses his guy backdoor, and it ends up in a dunk. And then beyond that, and this is my biggest problem with, with this sequence, and I, I don't want to blame Jalen Brown for all of this necessarily, but they, they went into this fourth quarter tied it was a tie game like people want to harp on that but it was still a tie game Jalen Brown got beat on the out-of-bounds play at the end of the third quarter he got beat again before Brad Stevens called a timeout at the at the end of that run and the the biggest problem here is that the Celtics as Brad Stevens says over and over again can't put bad plays behind them and I really think that Jalen Brown He's a a better basketball player than Marcus Morris. He's a better basketball player than Marcus Morris, but he's not as good as Mar- as Marcus Morris at putting bad plays behind him and just moving on and not giving a shit about the things that go wrong. And when when people question Brad Stevens about why is he playing Jalen Moore down the stretch, which he has lately, but he, it took him a while to get there. It's because Jalen Brown has these lapses where he screws up before the end of the third quarter, and it carries over two, three, four plays into the fourth quarter, and now all of a sudden the Celtics are down. And they it's not Jalen Brown Jalen Brown's fault that they lost because they had an entire quarter to make up that that deficit. But it is partly Jalen Brown's fault that they fell behind so quickly because he fell asleep two, three times in a minute and a half. And that that's a problem when Brad Stevens says, guys can't, we don't, we can't put plays behind us. We can't move on. We can't stay in the moment. That, for all of the great things that Jalen Brown does, and I'm a huge fan of what Jalen Brown does, that is his still, still his biggest weakness. So I don't think Jalen, I don't think the fact that he fell asleep on the last play of the third quarter seeped over to the time he fell asleep in the fourth quarter. But I do think it's a problem that he has lapses like that. And, and that's his issue. And that's why we've seen guys get frustrated with him. Sometimes he seems to be the guy that teammates get most frustrated with. And after the second time, after he got beat, or a couple minutes or three minutes, whatever it was, into the fourth quarter, Al Horford was furious. I haven't seen Al Horford that mad hardly ever. Al Horford 
isn't one to get mad. And he's not, he's cer- not a mad guy. Certainly isn't one to show up his teammates. Like, Al is never a guy who shows up his teammates. He showed up Jalen Brown right there. He was pissed off, and he let Jalen Brown know it. And Jalen got yanked, and Al went over, and before they he came out onto the court, he went over and talked to Jalen. And I don't know what he said while Jalen was on the bench, but he said something to him and then went back on the court. And that was pretty much as animated as you'll ever see Al Horford, just pissed off that Jalen had gotten beat, not just once in that fourth quarter, but previously to end the third quarter on that. It will, I don't even want to call it a backdoor play because he, he was just guarding the inbounds pass and just totally lost sight of the guy in the three-point arc, and he just went, I, I mean, I guess I'll call it backdoor because that, that's the direction he went. But it was like it wasn't a backdoor play. It was just like no, they Jaylen didn't call asleep. a play. They didn't call a play yeah. for him. But that's a classic. You know, the guy turns his head. Of course, the yeah uh, was it Milf? He didn't even turn. He was just literally like it was like he fell asleep. Uh, I, <laughs> I'll tell this story because it's funny. One of my cousins, when I was like ten years old, maybe. My cousin was the same age. I went to see him play a baseball game and, uh, he, he got a, he had a sweet, like, line drive single. And <laughs> when the next batter was at, at the plate, he let off first base and he, he took his lead, normal lead. They threw over to first base and he, he just had no clue. Like he, he had just stopped paying attention to the entire play that was going on. They threw <laughs> over to first base. They just tagged him. <laughs> and I was sitting there like, what the hell just happened with Mike? Like, how did this happen? And I looked at his aunt or my aunt, his mother. And she said, yeah, that kind of happens to Mike a lot. <laughs> and, and, uh, so Kind of like that for Jalen. Like you, you wish he didn't have so many lapses. He does, and he makes some great defensive plays. I think for the most part, he's a defensive plus. Sure, um, sure. But with the Celtics, and it's not just a him problem. Like they've had miscommunication issues. They've had transition issues. It's certainly not just a him problem. But in that Denver game, those two breakdowns were very, very obvious, yeah, and Al was pissed off about it. Yeah, like and it. it I do want to be clear, you, you, like you just said. This isn't just Jalen Brown. In that moment, in that stretch, it was heavily Jalen Brown. But he's certainly not the only guy. But he is also, that's the, the reason why it's frustrating is that this is a correctable thing. And it's also because he's so damn good otherwise. Like he has had a side, throw the first 20 games out the window. Because that was obviously a different time in the Celtics season. The since then he's been phenomenal. He's been, and especially lately he's been shooting the lights out. He's been great, but these stretches are what cause problems with the Celtics. And it's just a, it's just something that he needs to fix. It's something he needs to fix. And I, I have confidence that he can fix it, but he definitely needs to fix it. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Terry Rozier on the uh, 
what was that show called again? I don't know. Christine Leahy's show. <laughs> uh, anything goes, uh, whatever. Whatever that show is called. <laughs> and, uh, I don't think that was it. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's called Free something. I mean, it's a great show, though. It's it's a fantastic show. Okay, I watch so, it all the time. I every day, uh, and Terry Rosier was on, <laughs> and you know whatever. So that happened, and then Danny H. But uh, uh, before we get into that, it's tourney time, and you can fill out a tourney bracket challenge at DraftKings this year. That's right, DraftKings. They're the leader in fantasy sports, but they also have a totally free bracket with tens of thousands of dollars up for grabs. Everyone fills out a bracket during the journey, but you might as well do it on an award-winning app with tons of free prizes. So for the first time ever, DraftKings is offering this bracket battle, uh, and it's there's $64,000 in prizes. Jay, have you filled out your bracket yet? Not yet. Do you have a Not sense yet. of who might make it to the final four? Uh, I've got I've got Duke beating North Carolina. Revenge with a healthy Zion Williamson. Duke will be my champion. I don't know who they'll beat. All right. Well, whatever it is, you know how bracket It won't be North Carolina, though, because North Carolina ain't going to make it to the finals. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? No, no. They will not make it to the final. Ooh, book it. Jay King. (laughs) Before the tip-off of the game, of the first game of the tournament, pick the winner of every game, every round. There's... That's all you need to do. That's all there is to it. The best part is you can play for free with the code DRIBBLE. Use the code DRIBBLE. You can even set up a private group for you and your friends, for, and you can compete for bragging rights. So download the DraftKings app or head to DraftKings.com. Now use the code DRIBBLE. Enter the bracket battle promotion for free and compete for your share of $64,000. That's code DRIBBLE to enter the bracket battle for free. Only at DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So Terry Rozier was on the fantastic Fox Sports One show. It's called Fair Game for people who don't know. <laughs> uh, beautiful and, show. It's a wonderful show. It's hosted by Christine Leahy, who's a Boston. She's from Boston. She's a Bostonian. Uh, and uh, it's a great show. And she hosted Terry Rozier. And uh, he had he had it was a very good interview. And, you know, there was the fun with Terry Rozier with the uh, disgusting spaghetti ranch and sugar sandwich thing. Like, that's just gross. But, uh, but you know, look, after a few drinks, that might taste great. Uh, but he, he talked about his family. He talked about his sister who uh, has survived after a, a cerebral palsy diagnosis early on. For our basketball fans, the things that he talked about uh, were the uh, problems that 
the Celtics have had, and it was a lot of the same things. So he said, uh, of the team, when you're playing on a team, this is a quote, when you're playing on a team, you're dealing with different types of personalities. Now you're dealing with so many different guys that feel like they're the man, and now it's like, how do you handle that? I'm talking for myself, too. Uh, you got a lot of guys who feel like they're on the level or rising to that level uh, already, and it's hard to put all of that uh, and make that all into one. So... He talks about the same problems that these guys have had, that the team is full of guys who feel like they're the man. And the, I guess the question here, Jay, is, like, are we are we going to get past this at any point? Or is this just going to be a team full of guys who are like, no, it's my turn? And it, at what point do these guys realize that when when you keep doing that, and you keep doing the mind turn crap, especially when you're not like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. Like at some point, these guys have to realize like it's time to put this aside and just fall in line behind Kyrie and Al Horford. Let those guys run their pick and rolls and just fill in the gaps behind them. Well, first of all, I just want to say I too believe I am the man. Yeah, and that's been a problem for this podcast for a long time. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but but I, I it, it's funny because <laughs> Kyrie said this earlier this season and he was in Memphis and this was like early in the season. I forget how early, maybe a couple months, December maybe. Yeah, and he he said like I think it, his quote was like game 72 <laughs> you just stop worrying about all that stuff. Well, and he said game 72. So we're getting up on the 72-game mark. So we, we will soon see whether the Celtics start to turn that, that page. I, I, I do believe that, for the most part, a lot of them have turned that page. Um, we've seen Jalen. We uh, Obviously, we just talked about his mental lapses in the Denver Nuggets game. But we've seen him go from just a disastrous first two months months from a personal standpoint to getting over himself and accepting a bench role and playing really well for the most part over the next however many months. Gordon Hayward, same thing. Like He was a starter. It didn't work. He's come off the bench. He's played better before his concussion. And like a lot of these guys, I think, have have kind of gotten past that. I think the next step for them is now being locked in all the time and not having the lapses that they had against the Nuggets. And like it, it seems like finally they've gotten past the the roll stuff. Do you think like, Jay? I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you think that we're going to get to a point here where it's like, all right, fine, I will do this because tomorrow is game 72 or tonight is game 72, Wednesday night. And guys are going to be like, fine, 10 games left playoffs. I'm going to do this. But next season, screw this. I'm going for mine. Like whatever we can worry about next season, next season. 
can this be a situation where guys are just like, just fine, whatever, I'll do what I got to do? I, I think, and maybe it's not game 72, like Kyrie said. And I'm not even sure if it was, it was game 72 that he said. He might have said 70, but it was in the 70s. Uh, and I, I think when the playoffs come, there is that change. And I actually believe that, for the most part, teams, once the playoffs come, like, players forget the individual BS. I do agree. It's, I do agree. It's not that. about stats anymore. It's not about anything else besides just trying to get wins and trying to advance. I actually believe that, that that's a thing that happens. Um, whether that can save the Celtics, whether that can bring them to the level that they always wanted to be at and that they think they should be at and that a lot of people expected them to be at, I'm not sure. We haven't seen that this team play at the level that they need to play at consistently. And, you know, can, can they beat, let's say they have to play Indiana. Can they beat Indiana and then Milwaukee and then Toronto or Philadelphia in three consecutive series? That's a tough ask. Sure. Like, that's a really freaking tough ask. And I don't know. I, I don't know. And so they haven't given us, they haven't given the world hope <laughs> to that they can navigate all the issues that they need to. But also, they have all the talent and they have all the tools. And such a we'll frustrating see. team. Such a frustrating team because of all of that. And Danny Ainge actually touched on that when, uh, in the Boston Herald. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. But first, I want to remind everybody, if you've got a smart device, especially in your car, maybe one of those fancy new smart cars where you can just say out loud, hey, whatever smart thing that you have, play podcast Locked on Celtics. This way, when you're driving in traffic and you're just flipping people off left and right, you got two middle fingers up, you don't have to put those middle fingers down. Just say, hey. Play podcast, Lockdown Celtics. And this way you can have your road rage without actually getting violent. Just, you know, gestures and whatnot. And play your podcast. It's a very Boston promo right there. So do that, and we're going to come back on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Ainge in the Boston Herald says, and I quote, I feel like there's a lot of good things I see on our team. I feel like we need to be healthy. We need to be right. And I feel like our minds need to be in the right place. And that's a good thing. Against Denver, parenthetically, we weren't thinking, but it wasn't a lack of effort. It was falling asleep on some plays and not paying attention. Blah, 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 blah. More of the same, a lot of the same stuff that we we're talking about, but now he has uh, put that in words with Steve Wolpet on the Herald. The, the most interesting thing in that quote, Jay, to me is, I feel like we need to be healthy. And every team needs to be healthy, obviously. But at the same time, the Celtics aren't, I thought they were built differently, 
but they clearly aren't. I thought they were built to withstand some of these injuries, and against the Nuggets, they really, really could have used Gordon Hayward. And they they can't be without certain players for too long, or else things will go south. And the need to be healthy is part of the need to be right. So, I mean, I guess I guess what I'm saying is the Celtics just they they aren't as good as we thought they were, and they need to be healthy to to be everything that we thought they might be. Well, look, every team needs to be healthy come playoff time. Sure, I mean, you look at That's Milwaukee; just, they, they just don't have Brogdon, and they're they're all of a sudden things are starting to like be kind of dicey. With yeah, them. they only beat the Lakers by 14 without Giannis tonight. <laughs> well, I mean, the Lakers suck, so. So, and the Lakers had no LeBron, <laughs> but I just had to prove a count, just throw out a counterpoint to you. Sure. Um, when, but when you can't counter me with actual facts, you just got to make shit up. That was a fact. To be fair, partial I threw fact. out a fact. Partial fact. It was a fact. Okay. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> um, it, in the playoffs, everyone needs to be healthy. Yeah. Like, you think about the Rockets last year. The Rockets were a juggernaut. And if they hadn't run into the Warriors, maybe the greatest team of all time, they probably would have won a title. Chris Paul was injured for Game 6 and Game 7. Sure. If he doesn't get hurt, maybe they win anyway. Strong possibility, sure. And and we saw the same, same thing with the Warriors. Iguodala got hurt that series. <laughs> like they didn't look the same after that happened. So if if you get hurt in the playoffs, everybody matters. And at that level of play that the Celtics want to be at, where you're playing against all the best teams, every weakness matters. Every player that you don't have matters. And if if you don't have someone to fill in that's just as good, it matters. Um so I, I think that's probably what Andrews was speaking to more than like mm-hmm. we missed Gordon Hayward in this one game. Like, yeah, okay, that's fine. But to me, it's like just everybody needs full health in the playoffs. And if you don't have that, then sometimes you're just out of luck. Like that can be it for you. The other thing that Danny Ainge said before we wrap this up uh he was asked about it being disappointing. He said, I wouldn't say disappointed. Uh, season's not over yet. I'm encouraged. I mean, there's been stretches in this season where I've wanted more. Sure, but everybody does. Everybody wants more, but I'm encouraged. I see a lot of good things. So some of this, Jay, is obviously GM talk. He's he's not going to sit there on March 20th now and say, holy shit, yeah, this sucks. Like, this is, he is being judged on wins and losses, and he's trying to be positive about this season. But we just came off of this Denver Nuggets game where the same shit keeps happening, lapse after lapse after lapse, and just enough lapses where 46 and a half minutes of this game were pretty good, and they were right there with a team that's fighting for the top spot in the West, but they had lapses in just enough places where they 
looked terrible, and they ended up losing pretty like they they had a shot at winning, but they ended up losing pretty good. So I don't know. Like I, I feel like at this point, there's this kind of push and pull between the I see, like you said before the break, there's positive stuff here. There's there's this they can do it. They have it within them. They have this thing that shows up for long stretches where, like, that's a good team. Man, that that team is really, really great. But then they have these things that happen to them, and you're like, this is infuriating, maddening. Can they ever get past this? I mean, (laughs) the hope in Boston is yes. (laughs) I thought you were going to continue going there, no, but I, I didn't realize you were actually asking me that question. I was. Um, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. We'll we'll see. I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We're not going to learn the answer in a game against the Nuggets. We're just not. We're not going to learn the answer in the regular season because this team has proven. And at, at this stage, like honestly, what does the regular season matter? I guess. I guess. I mean, they're the fifth seed. They're, they have a good shot at becoming the fourth seed. They're probably not going to get to the third seed at this point because yep. there's ten games left and three games separating them But in, in Philly. Uh, the, if they beat Philly, it gets a little bit interesting because then it becomes two games, obviously, and then you got to think that Philly still continues to rest and bead here and there. Um, but also the Boston Celtics have said that they're going to rest Al Horford four games. So there, there are potential losses there that the Celtics are going to suffer that they might not, uh, you might not think that they would have suffered. So I don't know. Who knows? Who knows with this team? They, they could go out in the first round and they could get to the NBA finals. And I don't know that I would be surprised by either result at this point. And it's, it's very frustrating for me to be, sit here and have this much uncertainty, I guess. Yeah, there's a whole lot of uncertainty. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes beyond this season. It goes into the off season. Um, yeah, but it's, it really is like the, the range of possible outcomes for this season is so wide. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it's oh, just so freaking wide. And they have a lot of talent, but they haven't put it together yet. I will say they seem somewhat happy lately, which maybe matters. They do. It, it might matter. It, who knows at this point what matters anymore, but it seems like it <laughs> seems like that matters. Uh, what does matter is that you, our dear listener gods, enjoy the show. And if you are a new listener, welcome aboard. We hope you've enjoyed this broadcast, this podcast, uh, enough to subscribe. Go ahead and subscribe. Search for Locked On Celtics wherever podcasts are available. All of you regular listeners, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for, I don't know, showering with us, uh, going to the gym with us, whatever it is, pretending that you're working with us when you're actually listening to the podcast. Uh, thank you for doing that. Give us that five-star rating. Give us that good review. And share the podcast. Tell everybody to listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.
Corrales, Packard, and J. King. Locked on Celtics.